This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. A typical class of school children working in a very untypical situation. These kids, like those all over the country, are arranged into bubbles. That bubble might be an entire class for younger pupils. It could be a whole year group for those in secondary. If just one child catches COVID-19, everyone in their bubble has to self-isolate. The numbers add up quickly. The Department for Education says there are 375,000 pupils out of school for COVID-related reasons just now. Only 4% are confirmed to have the infection. That's a lot of disruption for a lot of school pupils who have already faced one of the most tumultuous years for education in living memory. I'm joined now by Jeff Barton, the General Secretary for the Association of School and College Leaders. Jeff, is there a better way of dealing with this? Well, in one sense, David, you might be asking the wrong person because I I clearly don't come at this from a kind of clinical, medical, virological, whatever the word is, background to it. I'm coming at it as an educationist. Essentially, I suspect parents will be coming at it on my side as well because, you know, 370,000 children, young people at home last week, this... This cannot be sustainable, can it? It can't be sustainable. And therefore, I think the way I come to this is to say, so even if we we continue this until the end of term, which in some places is next week or the week after, what will be different in September? And I think we do know what will be different in September. That vaccine will have worked its way through all of those adults who are eligible to take it twice, as I understand it. We were always told that was the game changer. Well, then it's time to change the game from September. We cannot continue to have this terrible damage uh, to our children and young people. And there would be an irony, wouldn't there, that you've got adults going around as if it's business as usual and young people still being sent home in bubbles of 240, paying the price. I understand it's uh, of that is 375,000 pupils who were at home last week. I understand it's only 4% of those who actually have coronavirus. So we're talking uh, literally hundreds of thousands of children who may be staying at home for really no good reason, Jeff. That's right. And that's what, where, from, as I understand it, the trial has been taking place in, what, 200 schools, where what they've essentially done is to have two control groups, one, whom, one of whom are, are in the bubble experiment, as it were, which is the bubble normality, I suppose, and the others are using lateral flow tests and dependent on the result of that test, they either then stay in school or go home. And that, that ought to determine, is there a way of using testing rather than the bubbles? But it still seems to me not unreasonable to say, well, hang, hang on a minute. If you've got all the people who are most prone to the virus and for whom the virus c- c- can have bad effects, and all the people for whom that isn't the case, y- young people, do we not at some point get to a stage where this is like 
the flu, where, where young people get ill, go home, stay home until they're better, and then they come back in. Is there not some semblance of normality awaiting us somewhere over a nearer horizon? In your experience, though, Jeff, aren't some of these young people quite enjoying being at home, quite enjoying this disruption? It's been a very disrupted year. They've spent a lot of time back at the house. Is, is it really damaging their education? Uh, uh, there may well be some young people who are missing it, just like they miss having, you know, when we had snow days, etc. And the media had a field day about those. The trouble is that what we're talking about is incrementally, for some of them, very significant. And for some of them, knowing that they're going to go to the big school, they're moving from primary into secondary, they're not being allowed to go and visit the secondary, so the anxiety for them will be significant. Year 10s and year 12s who ask their teacher a pretty reasonable question, hey, miss, how will I be assessed in my GCSE history next year? To which miss says, you add the first word and I'll add the second word, knows, uh, because we don't, we, we, we don't know. Uh, so I think actually the level of basic anxiety added to which... One of the things that, that schools and colleges do is they give you a kind of rhythm, a rhythm to your life. You know, we divide into terms, we use bells, we have break times at certain times. All of those things help to give young people a sense of normality. And I think it will not be psychologically good for that sense of normality disappearing for so long. So Kevin Collins was talking to the Commons Education Select Committee earlier, and he was the man who was originally brought in to try and figure out how we can, I think it was level up, was Boris Johnson's word, uh, our education and get our pupils caught up on all the things that they've missed. He quit. Today, he said the government's response to coronavirus in schools is feeble. Is he right? He absolutely is right around that. I mean, if you if, if you look at it, first of all, in terms of what other countries have done, so you take the USA, which is putting uh, £1,600 per pupil into catch-up. You take um, uh, the Netherlands, which is putting uh, £2,500. Our government has put £310 into that. Now, what would that money be used for? I think there were bits of Kevin Collins' proposal which didn't cut through but which were actually very significant and I'll take two of them that I think people will not know much about one is more early years and primary and pre-primary provision for young people in the most disadvantaged areas in other words a recognition that you build the foundation for success later by working with the youngest children many of whom have not got high quality nursery provision that that was a radical proposal and secondly what he also pointed out is post 16 in further education the average young person in further education in England is getting 17 hours of provision if they were in Germany they'd get 25 hours of provision so he was proposing that we ought to teach those kids more now I think it's not too much of a stereotype that ministers think those kids in further education are other people's children they're not the kind of place their own children went to. And therefore, what does it matter that they are getting so much less? Added to which, last point, that notion of enrichment, that every child would do something after school, whether it was in the arts or in sport or having a private tutor or small group work or debating, all of that stuff that, frankly, the middle classes know is important. It builds your character. It helps you be academically successful as well as step, giving you kind of cultural baggage for life. That was a bold proposal. And what we got, frankly, was piffling, disappointing. On the very day that what do we get from the Secretary of State? Mobile phones should be banned in school. 
throwing throwing red meat to the backbenches to pretend, look how tough I am, how macho on behaviour. As you've mentioned, we're coming towards the end of term now, the summer holidays, and then people coming back to school. Are teachers nervous about what they're going to come back to when schools return after summer? I don't know that I'd say nervous. I think they simply want to have a sense of what the possibilities are. Are we still going to have face coverings? Are we still going to have staggered starts or staggered lunch times? Are we going to have different zones in the school? If not, why not? If so, why? And I think that absolute need for clarification, both on behalf of people working in schools, but frankly, those kids who I worry about who don't know how they're going to be assessed. I think it's pretty scandalous that. I think all of that clarification coming before term ends is an absolute vital ingredient. And we've been saying that endlessly to the Department for Education. And that's the leader. Come back tomorrow at 4pm for the latest news, analysis, interviews and features from the Evening Standard. Hit the follow button and you'll never miss out. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.